0: And we just love that. So, so good. Uh, so good to be with you this morning. Welcome if this is your first time here. Mountain Park Church, we're just so honored that you would join us. And those of you that have uh, logged in for church, I know we've got a lot of our church family traveling, getting a little bit out the heat. We are so glad. Some of you have been texting me. So glad that you're joining us for church online today. And happy Father's Day to all the, the dads, the stepdads, the spiritual fathers, the father-in-laws, uh, soon-to-be dads. Uh, just a great day to honor just the men at Mountain Park church, and uh, we got a great uh, service planned. And how great was the team today leading worship, huh? I mean, I I just was like DeAndre was giving Freddie Mercury a go right there. Uh, And uh, we're the champion. I mean, just bringing it. I'm like, man, he got some pipes on him. I love it. So uh, we just love having fun. I believe church should be fun. And uh, because you're fun. The church should be fun, and so we're so glad that you're here today. And it's uh, Father's Day, and uh, my dad is here. Where is my dad at? Yeah, dad, why don't you stand quick? we got a little gift. And uh, uh, my dad uh, is—I have not done Father's Day with my dad in— Oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe 20 years. has been since I've actually been with my dad. They live in South Africa, and so they're visiting, and so it's fun. I got to do, celebrate my mom on Mother's Day, she, and I've done that in 20 plus years, and now and Father's Day, so it's a special day uh, to, for, for us. And so speaking of Father's Day, uh, yesterday, thank you men for joining us at the breakfast. We just had a great time, over 100 men, and, and great food, great fellowship, and, uh, and so it's just fun when guys get together and doing life we are better together and so we just had a a really great time i was thinking this morning about a verse a scripture verse for father's day and uh we're gonna a year later from a panel we're gonna honor uh uh three guys this morning and and just a lot of fun things but i was thinking about a great verse and acts chapter 13 verse 22 is what came to mind and it said after removing saul it said he made david their king god appointed david king and God testified concerning him. This is what God had to say about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Wow. How would you like God to say something wonderful about you? I mean, Lily, David is known as a man after God's own heart. But here's the deal with David. David wasn't perfect. In fact, you can go read this story. There was a lot in David that wasn't perfect. But you know what? Sometimes it's not about doing everything, it's about being. What God loved about David was his heart, the posture of his heart. You know, I thought, I thought about five things today that when it comes to being a man that has a heart after god what does that look like practically what is that what are five things today and the first thing is this uh, i believe a a man of god is a man that number one he loves god he loves god he loves the lord the bible says to love the lord your god with all your heart your mind and your whole being i believe a a man of god a man like david a man that loves god the second thing is david he was responsible godly men are responsible They take ownership. You know, in fact, when the prophet uh, came to anoint the king and came to Jesse's house, David's dad's house, uh, Jesse lined up all his sons for the prophet, but David, the youngest, was not invited. He was out in the fields taking care of the sheep. Interesting, if, if, uh, if a young, for a young boy to know that the prophet, the man of God, was coming to his house, for, I mean, if, if, I was that, if I was David, I probably would have snuck in to see, meet this prophet. It's like, you know, a celebrity coming to your house. But David was faithful. He was taking care. He was responsible. I love that about David. I, I believe a, a great man of God is generous. He's generous. You know, in fact, David, later in his life, uh, he had a dream to build a temple for God. That was his dream. And my legacy will be that I built a house for the Lord. And God turned to him and said, you can't build it for me because there's too much blood on your hand. He was literally saying to David, you've been a king of war. You've been a great king. You've fought many battles. But there's too much blood on your hands to build a holy temple for me. Your son Solomon will. You know know what David did? He didn't react to that, get mad at God. David responded. He responded through Generosity. In fact, Scripture says he raised the finances so that Solomon could build a great temple for God. David gave the greatest offering personally, and through his generosity, Israel was moved to give. Solomon could not build the temple without the generosity of his dad. A man of God is generous. The, The fourth thing is that I believe in a great man of God is he's humble. He's humble. David... Loved humility. In fact, when the prophet Nathan came to him and said, "You committed adultery," and then you had her husband Uriah killed, David could have stopped and said, "Well, don't you know who I am? I am the king." He could have let his position dictate his response, but instead he let his heart. Through humility, he chose the posture of humility. In fact, the Bible says he, he said, I'm guilty, and he, 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 exclu- he withdrew himself. He ripped off his robe. He threw the dust and the ash on him, and he fasted and prayed and repented and cried out to God for mercy and forgiveness. Why? He, he humbled humility. I believe men, come on, none of us are perfect. And so as we posture ourselves in humility, there's strength. In humility. In fact, I'm gonna talk about that in a few weeks. And the final thing that I loved about David and I, as I believe is a great character for a godly man, is a man that fears the Lord. Fear is reverence, reverence for God. A godly man has reverence. A godly man stops and say, God, instead of me looking at all the faults in the people around me, the faults in my spouse, the faults in my kids, the faults in my friends and coworkers, God, would you show me my heart David prayed that. He said, God, show me my heart. Is there anything in me, God, that doesn't please you? And if there is, show me so that I can repent and change my ways. I love that about God. I love that these five characteristics love God, take responsibility, be generous, be humble. And I have a fear and a reverence for God. This morning, we want to honor three men. In fact, I'd love to just honor all men on stage here, but there's three men in our church that have just been dynamic, and some of them serve in the back scenes, some of them you see on stage, but these are men that are impactful, and we want to take a moment to give them a little gift and a little certificate, a little man certificate that just says, man... We believe in you. We love you. And so I want to invite up uh, Randy Williams. I want to invite up Greg Sorensen and Chris Harris uh, and some of them come at the back. And if you guys would come up and um, where's my friend Randy? Where's Randy? At? Yeah, you are, sir. Would you come up? And Randy is uh, he serves in men's ministry. He is uh, uh, part of the prayer team and an uh, intercessor. Yesterday he put on the best spread at the men's breakfast. And, uh, and uh, in fact, I was just so proud that I took photos and sent it to all my pastor's friends and said, listen, your men's ministry does not have a spread like this. It is on, it is on. Donkey Kong, bring it on. And so thank you for all you do, brother. We appreciate and love you. You're amazing. And Chris, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? See, you gave me my ammunition this morning, and that's all good, brother, but uh, Chris is just faithful in serving throughout the years, using his gift and talent to lead us in worship, and and Chris has his servant's heart. I love that about him. And it's funny. I'm going to say it. just going, to, it's all good. Okay. Uh, but Chris was telling me earlier, he goes, he said, you know, pastor, he goes, I've got to confess the sin to you. And I said, okay, well, you know, confess, brother. And he said, you know, I thought this morning that if you say anything about Golden State Warriors, wear anything, Golden State Warriors, I was going to tackle you from the state. <laughs> <laughs> But, it, but it, it's all good because sometimes the Lord has to use situations to teach us humility. <laughs> and uh, I, I know there's a Jean Atkinson in the house. <laughs> I, I went to her birthday party on the Friday night the Warriors played and she brought out a Celt, Celtic uh, blazer and uh, I just said, get behind me Satan, get behind me. And uh, I am a Warriors fan, but next year I'm also gonna become a Suns, Warriors Suns fan. so. Just because I love you, uh, but Chris, we love you, and Greg uh, Greg is uh, on staff, and, and Greg's our musical director, and he just does so much. Greg, you do so much at our church in the creative arts and making service amazing. You're, you and your wife, Karen, you've served faithfully, and we just love—I know you're up there on the piano, but there's so much that you do here at Mountain Park to help us just honor God and put God first. And and, and not just that, your, your wisdom and leadership and staff meetings, your passion to see people come to Jesus mm-hmm. and evangelism. And uh, we just love, I love and appreciate you. And thank you for all you do, my brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. In fact, uh, yeah, the moment we stand to our feet. and We just uh, great, great leaders and men that show us how to be better. Show us how to love Jesus. In fact, I'm going to ask every man to stand. Would every man just stand, whether you're dad or spiritual, father, every man. We want to honor every man in this house. We have a little something, a little gift for you today. And so make sure that you, once you get your bag, you can go ahead and, your little goodie bag, you can go ahead and be seated. And again, you might not be a dad, but we are honoring men today. And so every man gets a bag. And it's just our way of saying that we love you. We celebrate you. We are grateful for you, your leadership, your servant's heart uh, here at Mountain Park Church. And uh, we just want to encourage you to realize your role in God's story. God has a role for you at Mountain Park Church, and we love you. Those of you watching online too, uh, we wish we could virtually give you a goodie bag, but we are sending our love to you and uh, we're so grateful. All of those of you traveling on vacation, the, the of Mountain Park, we just love and appreciate you and we're so grateful uh, for you. You know, one of the things, uh, church, when I interviewed you, uh, they asked me, uh, What are you looking for? What are you looking for in a church? And I said, I'm looking for a church, I wanna lead a church where it's not based on a personality, but it's a church that's based on teamwork. And I've got to say one thing that I have fallen in love with Mountain Park Church and so honored to be the senior pastor of this great church is this is a church that's a team and that there's so many of you that serve and you make this place great. And so I just want to commend you. I'm grateful and I'm honored to leave lead a church with just great people and with great men too. And so, so grateful for you today. Well, this morning I'm going to— I'm going to have the opportunity to ask some questions. And so we've selected a panel like we did at Mother's Day. Uh, we had a panel of ladies that were absolutely incredible in the wisdom and, and the nuggets. And so they set the bar, the bar high for the guys this morning. But uh, we've got a great team. I want to invite them out. Uh, Mr. Gene Puckett, if we can give him a hand. Mr. Gene, Mr. Freddie Fredianen, Mr. Jim Cooper, Mr. Jose Gomez and Mr. Joe Bellicu. Thank you, guys. And so, it's kind of, I've never worn shorts on stage, and uh, DeAndre's like, you have to, it's part of the creative, and I submitted, but I didn't suntan my legs, so. It's kind of kind of fun to be here with you guys, and uh, thank you so much, gentlemen, and it was so much fun just uh, working with you guys and, and asking you questions first service, and so um, you, you all, the reason we chose you is you, you all serve at the church in some capacity, you lead in some capacity, you, you, there's wisdom in you, and and we just, we want to honor you, but also we want to hear from you because uh, there's just so much. I know when I met with you earlier this morning, I was kind of like, wow. I I, I need to preach that, that's good, you know, and so I was learning from you guys, and I'm so grateful for you. And this morning, let's just kick it off with a question of uh, just a a father figure, it might be uh, a a movie, media, someone alive, a friend, or just, just, let's talk a little bit about what father figures have you kind of looked up up to in your life, and so Joe, why why don't you kick us off this morning?
1: Well, thank you so much for your question. Uh, for me, I look up to Jack Pearson. It's someone from This Is Us. It is someone who has such an impact on himself and his family uh, with how he has imprinted on them his love as well as caringness for his children as well as each individual. So, f- so f- for me, I would say Jack Pearson. Great, great answer. Uh,
2: Mr. Jean? Okay. Uh, hello everyone uh, my, I wouldn't deviate from the question just a tad because my answer is my father was my ideal yeah. person well, father figure he, uh, he grew up on the side of a mountain in southern Virginia and uh, with a minimal support system going for him and uh, he turned out to be a great guy and so He was my inspiration and uh, taught me love, taught me uh, compassion for people, for animals, and uh, so that has remained. Great. Jim? Well, it's hard to follow Gene with the dad comment on
3: that one, but um, I think looking at movies, there's so many characters that have been part of my DNA throughout my life. But one that stands out right now, and I'll throw this character's name out, is Harry Stamper. And you might remember him as Bruce Willis played him in Armageddon. So you all remember the story about Armageddon, the asteroids are gonna come and blow up the planet? So what I like, what I connect with Harry on this is that he is a, a little rough around the edges. He's a man's man. He's leading men in a very high-risk type of environment. And he has a daughter with a guy that hangs around that he's not approving of, you know? No guy is good enough for his daughter. And, and, I, and I run through that. The conflict for me, similar to him, is that I have, I have two daughters. One's in the audience here today right now. Yeah. And uh, my youngest one, they're getting, she's getting married in, in November. My other daughter with her boyfriend here today. But it's, the challenge is... Maybe I'm not that man in their life anymore. I can't be that guy anymore. And if you remember how the movie goes, at the very end of the movie, right before uh, Harry clicks the button and blows himself up, sacrifices himself to save the planet, but he's really sacrificing himself for his daughter. And in that moment, what he happens is, remember the flashback that's going on in his mind, and it's not about all these major things he did in his life, it was his kids and that moments that he had with his daughter. And so it's all about, for, for me and as a man, is that legacy piece. What am I going to do with that? Where am I at? And have I handed the baton off in a good way? So that's, that's what I do. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> right on. Uh,
4: Freddie? All right. Um, uh, in the first service, I, um, I paid tribute to one of the, um, my mentors uh, in my life that changed my life quite a bit. When I was a grad school, and uh, a national student here, uh, in 2008, 2009, it made a, a huge change in my life. Mm. Uh, but I wanna, I wanna switch a little bit, if you, if if you don't mind. Um, so there's a movie that uh, I, uh, my wife just, you know, put in my head, and just switch, click, uh, flip the switch on. Um, it's the movie called John Q, right, by Denzel Washington, right. Mm. Uh, when his son, right, had a heart defect, and uh, because of uh, lack of, that, that he doesn't have the, the, the influence and the fame, you know, he was just getting tossed over, you know, he wasn't given the opportunity to get the donation, the heart transplant or donor list. And uh, he went as far as putting his, his life, you know, on the line so that his, his son will, will, will get that transplant. And I always think about that. I mean, anytime I watch that, I kind of tear up a little bit and think, okay, if any of my children find themselves in this predicament, how far would I go? Yeah. to make sure that he's okay. And I always look at it, okay, it goes to be my life for my son, right? I'll, I'll have to put my life there. So that is something I identify with. Uh, and any of you don't touch my children because I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> Love it, man.
5: So good. Thank you. Uh, Jose? Yeah, so uh, I'm a native of Arizona. I'm born and raised here. A uh, little town called Eloy, just south of here. And so when I grew up, uh, everything was Westerns and uh, I'm a big John Wayne fan, yeah. and the, the movie that resonates, thank you, the movie that resonates with me is uh, Big Jake, and so um, I, I've loved that movie forever, and Big Jake, um, wh- why it resonates is because it's a movie about a man who's married, but his marriage is, is not that good. He's estranged from his wife. His, his adult children don't really know him, his two boys, and uh, his grandson gets kidnapped, and uh, John Wayne plays the, the role of Jacob McCandles in that movie. And so uh, everybody thinks he's dead. Uh, that's the funny part in the movie. Like, he's, he's missing, right? He's gone. Uh, but at the end of the movie, right, uh, or when his grandson gets kidnapped, he shows up. And to me, that really resonated as a father. Um, the story is very similar to my life story, you know, in my marriage, how I wasn't the greatest uh, husband. Um, sometimes my kids didn't really know me. And uh, at the end, though, uh, what's really good about that story is that uh, what a father, a good father, really does is he shows up, and, uh, and he finishes well. And so that's what really resonates with me. Wonderful. Thank
0: you. So great. Um, oh, uh, Gene, I, I have the honor of uh, seeing you and your buddy, Tony. Uh, every, every morning during the week, you guys you guys show up at church with your donuts and your coffee and... Your Bibles and you're up front there sitting praying and, and every now and then you give me a hard time when I walk by and I absolutely love it. It's so fun seeing you guys there because I know your heart and your, your heart from Mountain Park Church, your love for this place and the people of this place and uh, there's just so much wisdom. In fact, you played the wise man I heard at Christmas uh, and so I need to go see that on video, um, your skills with that. But uh, the question I have for you today is how has God shown His love through you, um, to your kids and and your grandkids?
2: Uh, I have one word that I would like to use is consistency. I love the Lord, and I am uh, trying to personify God's love through me to others. And and that's just the way I am. And uh, by the way, Tony is, I don't think he's here today because he's suffering from the virus, the corona, mm. but uh, he's doing okay, by the way. Amen. But uh, anyway, I, I just, through me, my, my friends and my family know my love for the Lord and my love for them. And it all goes together.
0: So good, thank you. I love that. Uh Consistency and we were talking earlier, it's, the, it's not just telling people what to do, it's modeling, it's, you use the word, it's living, living it out, living the love of God out so that they can, can see that. Uh, different question, I'm going ask you this the first session, but just um, what is some advice that, that you have for, for, for marriages?
2: Uh, the, the best advice I can imagine is to for a guy to live his life uh, in such a manner that there's no surprises for his wife. Mm -hmm. She knows he loves the Lord. He loves her, loves the family. And uh, the family can extend to, uh, to others as well. But... If there are no big surprises, usually those are negative. And so, don't, don't hide your, your problems under a bushel, mm. but allow your, your, your family, your friends, and your pastor to help
0: you through them. So good, Gene, thank you. Love that, no surprises. Like- Full transparency and, and get the help you need. I love that. Thank you so much, sir. Gene, uh, sorry, no, it's Gene, Freddie. Freddie, you're, you're from the motherland like me, right? From, from Africa, yes, and uh, I know uh, there's another kind of football. We call it soccer, right? And, um, and you're from Ghana, and, and you don't like my soccer team. I don't like yours. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. We are better though. You are better than us, I'll give that to you Uh, Yeah, the only way we got into the World Cup is by hosting it Exactly (laughs) But, uh, you know, just talk to us a little bit about growing up in Africa And how your dad, uh, Freddie, showed you that love and that affection
4: All right. thank you Um, uh, It's a long story, but I'll keep it short, okay Uh, My dad was a very interesting guy um, very introvert, he's always quiet, you know, and um, one of the things, if you do something wrong, you don't know whether you're going to get whooped or not. I mean, you don't know, so you're always on your guard, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing he, 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 didn't, he wasn't good at was to verbalize his love. He, he, he didn't know how to say it, but he does it. Right, he 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 put it in practice, and and one critical thing was when I was 15 years old, um, my mom and dad divorced, and my mom just left, uh, left us, uh, but my dad kept us. He was a single dad for four kids. My uh, I was the oldest, and one sister and two brothers. Uh, he was working and working, trying to making sure that we there's food on the table every day, but he did not marry. You know, I was 15, but until I went to college until he got married, because his thought was that if he does go marry, if we marry right now, our life will, be, will not be the same. So he'd make sure that uh, he takes care of us, and at least the oldest is in college before he can make a step. And that sacrifice is something that stuck with me till then, right, and that, I mean forever, so.
0: So good, your dad yeah. created that environment of stability for you to see to see all of you get through and so sacrificial just laying down his own desires and so that's that's amazing and um talk to me a little bit about you know you 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 and your wife are are just you know very involved in your careers you're very busy you got four four boys and um you travel quite a bit and how do you how do you find the balance how do you stay connected Um, just with coming and going, how how do you keep finding that balance and that consistency, like you said, in in, in your family?
4: All right, thank you. Um, Again, we we, we run a very tight shift. Um, My wife and I have been here 15 years. Uh, We don't know anybody, we don't have any family, it's the two of us and and our kids. Uh, And um, she's a nurse, Uh, I'm an engineer, and I just uh, travel, for work quite a bit. and um between her going to work at night and me working a day so he, she works at night i work a day so sometimes at some point in time we have to trade kids on a car we drive on our side and then we meet and then trade cars <laughs> right and we oh. ship to kids one gear one here and then we move that's how our life has been but again one critical thing is to prioritize the kids and the family all right uh and to show them unconditional love so when i'm on the road we have routines, so before they go to school, we have have a prayer time. So they call me 6.50 a.m. every day, and then I pray. I'm driving and I pray, and the sure kids go did. to school. In the same way, when I get to my hotel, wherever I am, I had to call them, do homework online. When I get home, I have a day for a child kind of thing. We have movie nights so i just make sure that my work if i need to change jobs if the job is becoming too crazy that i don't in my kids i'm going to leave and i've done that several times that i have passed a lot of opportunities a lot of so good great opportunities for my kids, because I have to be in, the, in their kids, in their lives, right? So, so good for you. It's kind of, uh, thank you for it. it's so great, and kind
0: of like when I spoke in the beginning about responsible, your responsibility. You know, I, I'm their dad, I'm responsible, and I have to prioritize, you know, my, my kids above my career, And because God has entrusted me. God has entrusted me with these kids, and I have a responsibility, and, and that's something that's so great, it's something you saw your dad do, Model modeling to your life, so man. Thank you for sharing, man. Awesome. No no hate on the soccer. It's all good. Uh, I'm gonna switch to Jose, and Jose, um, uh, you, your former military, your your former law enforcement. Thank you, thank you for your service. And I had the honor of going to the annual uh, breakfast with you for the for the first responders and, and spend some time with you. And and uh, I know you're 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 big into leadership. And so, uh, what does that look like to you? Um, the, the spiritual leadership in, in the
5: home? What does that look for, especially for, for dads? Yeah, great question. Um, so, I can't be a spiritual leader without Jesus. And um, that's what it really looks like in my home. And so, Philip, one of his disciples, uh, asked Jesus, show me the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. And... Uh, Jesus is the, uh, the radiance of his glory, right? God's glory, uh, and the exact representation uh, of his nature, uh, and he upholds all things by uh, the power of his word, and so without Jesus, um, he tells us, you know, we can do nothing, and so Jesus is really um, the example of, of what a godly leader um, looks like in my home, and so My job, and I have three adult children, um, is to show them Jesus, what Jesus looks like uh, in my life. And so I need to be a servant uh, to them. I need to serve them. I need to uh, uh, be that example in my marriage as well. And so really just doing the things that Jesus modeled for us. And so that, that really to me is what godly leadership or spiritual leadership looks like in my home. So good. I mean, two things I learned from you right now.
0: It's just the, the importance that to be a leader, a spiritual leader, you have to be a follower, right? To, to, as I'm following, i got to lead myself first. And the way I lead myself first is I'm going to God. And then Heavenly Father, teach me. And like you say, Jesus, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so the importance of being led so that I can lead. And then, love what you said, servant leadership, right? Just saying, take, that's what Jesus modeled and that's how you know. I think both, husband and wife, just modeling servant leadership to, to our kids. And so just, just love that, thank you for that. Now uh, talk to me a little bit about the ways that God has shown his love through you or in
5: unexpected ways that God has used you to impact others. So I guess um, one of the, uh, the ways that God uses me is um, in spite of my sin, right in spite of all the failings that i've had as a man as a husband um, as a son as a father he still uses that and um, i'm reminded of uh, the apostle paul who persecuted believers right he persecuted followers of jesus uh, before jesus met him on the road to damascus and changed him and so that's how i see um, how God uses my sin today. Like he's, he, he's not afraid of it. Um, and he's using the evil that I did for good today. And so I get to participate in different ministries here at the church, uh, Marriage Mondays. Um, I help, you know, um, uh, anybody that really needs help. And, uh, and because of my sin, that is, that is what God is letting me use today. So beautiful, I love that. Yeah.
0: Just uh, God's taken your brokenness and, re- and redeem- redeemed it, and he's using that. that- that's the, the great news of redemption, how he can take our mess and use it to be a message or our trials and tests, and he gives us a testimony. And that's and one thing about that I love about you is the heart you have for the broken, and Yesterday I saw you with the, the homeless gentleman that, that's kind of coming to church and you've been going out outside the church and building this relationship with this gentleman and, and I can just see even when he was leaving, I got to chat to him a little bit, just the love that you have for, for him because he's a child of God. He's a child of God and so thank you. Thank you for all you do at, at Mountain Park Church and your heart for the hurting and the, and the broken and so, so appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jim, you're a former military too, and uh, you do a lot here, Marriage Mondays and Hope, uh, just walking with guys that are just going through trials and challenges of life, and, and your testimony and, and, uh, and story. And, and just, um, you know, for you as a, as a former military guy, I know in the military it's all about respect and honor. Respect and honor is a big part of life, and so talk to me, really, really talk to us, really quickly about what does that look like? What do you, believe, what do you believe that should look like? The words respect and the word honor.
3: Yeah, I think in the military, um, I was fortunate to be a part of a unique fraternity in the military. I was a uh, uh, part of the Airborne Rangers. I was an infantry officer, so I served with some amazing men. But the military, early on, what I learned in that was, it was all about. What was your rank? Or all the the HUA badges, you know, all the Rambo stuff you wore in your uniform. And you'd walk in. It's like, wow, you measure a guy right off the bat by all the stuff, the badges and medals and all that that he's wearing. And um, I had the distinct honor to lead men in combat. And I think when you go through that baptism of fire, something happens. All those badges, all that rank goes out the door. And what you really have is you gain the praise of men by how your actions are. Who are you in the firefight? What do you do? How are you acting? How are you leading in that regard? And so that carries over into the corporate world. I I go into the corporate world after I leave the military. And once again, I'm back to the ego. I talked about ego before that respect is such a dangerous question for me because it goes to my ego, which is never good. And in the corporate world, it goes back to, wow, how many titles on your card? Do you have the big window office? Uh, What kind of car are you driving? Your house? Blah, blah, blah. We go to all that stuff again. And then God reminded me in this journey when he gave me this major crisis in my life, which got me to this church about 12 years ago. It was the first church I ever crawled into in my life. And he reminded me, he planted this new moral template for how to live, how to change, that all those things that you measure don't matter anymore. And that you have this new moral template to how to live your life. And, And respect for that stage is something you earn. It's not expected anymore. And what you see out there is, how am I living my life? Am I leading my family? Am I modeling Mm -hmm. Christ-like behavior? Uh, Am I I showing and gaining the praise of men from how I'm helping them through? Let, as you said, is our mess our message? Is my story gonna resonate? Can I help somebody through that by looking, look at, say, hey, I came through all this, and yet here I am here today. Loving God and changed my life and and bringing him in my life and made a difference in my family, my children, my work, Mm -hmm. everything. And so I challenge any guy out there that's struggling, having an issue, you know, you can change it today. You can choose to have the opinion. You can leave all the junk behind you right now today and make a difference. Bring them into your life. Be a part of the fraternity out here and go for it. You'll, it'll be better served from that.
0: So good. Thank you. Love it, Jim. Uh, well, you're not know, going to get away, one more, we're one more. You not know, get away from this question. You, knew, you know I'm going to ask you this one. It's the toughest, probably one of the toughest questions, but uh, you know, uh, you work, uh, you, you help with Greg, Peggy, and the leaders of our Marriage Mondays, you serve on that team, and Jose, and um, you know, conflict is a part of marriage, right? And in fact, in a few weeks, I'm going to talk about conflict and in the attitude series, um, but what advice would you give to wives that want to bring up and talk about conflict with their husbands, because sometimes, men we can get on the offensive because we just like, I don't, I don't wanna deal with that, I don't wanna, you know. What, what advice would you give wives when it comes to conflict?
3: So great, I got the easy question, apparently. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't care how good your marriage is, uh, you're gonna have conflict. It's inevitable, yeah. it's normal, it's part of every marriage. And, and I'm here to tell you, not all conflict is destructive or bad, and you can use it as opportunities to grow in your marriage. And we, we say is, look, the goal of communication in a marriage is mutual understanding. So when you talk about what, what advice could I give to any spouse, uh, it starts with tone. What do I mean by tone? It's the attitude. Is it, are you coming to me with a tone of blame or a tone of love? And what I mean by that if is, is we're gonna have a conflict issue to deal with. Are you accusing me? Are you trying to win this fight? Am I being disrespected? Uh, am I? Are you showing contempt towards me? Are you coming from a way that, hey, tr- please try to understand me. I'm coming from a love place. Uh, we look at scripture, Matthew 7, 5, which talks about the, the the speck in your spouse's eye and the log in your own. And that becomes the, the ground rules for our conflict resolution. And our, it's, a re- it's part of our, our engagement, our rules of engagement. And what I mean by that is it's a place of uh, we know enough leading and being a part of the re ministry, the marriage money uh, uh, ministry, we know a lot about, uh, we came into that knowing a lot about how to do it wrong. Yeah. But I would tell you learning to do it right is these rules of engagement. We start with let's avoid the negative communication patterns that come with that. Let's not escalate. Let's not invalidate each other. Yeah. And when we start going there in conflict, we take a time out from that and we will come back and revisit it. But we learned that, look, in, the, in a fight like that, in conflict, it's not about me winning, because if I win, you
0: my loses, spouse loses. loses. Yeah. And so good. tell
3: me how that gains anything. So yeah. at the end of the day, for us, conflict resolution is, is how you bring, what kind of tone you bring to the table, how's that gonna look? And then more importantly, we wanna be mutually respectful in that no one's gonna win, we're just gonna be understood, and we wanna wish the best for each other
0: in that. So good, thank so. you for sharing that. So, so good. I, and yeah, I mean, I love the way you said a lot of the... We teach at our Marriage Mondays, and so if there's any couples out there that are wrestling with conflict, Marriage Mondays, I know we're on a break for July, and then August we kick it off again, and, but I do know Greg and Peggy have made themselves available for any couple that just want to talk, and you can phone the church, and they'll, they'll connect you. Joe, uh, you recently became a dad, and Sophia, your daughter, who I heard played— Baby Jesus, uh, you know, and <laughs> that was so that, cute. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> and she had a little, a little moment, you know, I heard, yeah? Yes,
1: things never go as planned. Um, <laughs> I, I, we can try as much as we want, but uh, she does what she wants.
0: <laughs> so uh, just talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, what has been the biggest challenge for you being, uh, you know, being a
1: new dad? Uh, well, for me, it's balance trying to find balance between uh, time for myself, time for my family, time for my child, time for my faith, um, as well as my occupation. So for me, it's mainly just finding the balance in time. I feel like there's never enough time in a day for me to get everything I need to get done, done. So for me, it's prioritizing. First would be faith, second would be you know my family, and then third is my occupation. Uh, because, and the reason I put them in that order is because Without family, I don't, I don't have, you know, faith. And without faith, I don't have family. And then anything outside of that is secondary to me. So the biggest thing for me is, is really balance. You
0: said in the first service, you're looking for the Holy Grail, the manual on you know, balance, oh, right? Trust me,
1: I've, I've looked. I went down to the lo- local library and I, <laughs> I've, I've asked everybody for the parenting man- manual. I even asked the doctors whenever she was born and. They yes. said, good luck, so I'm, but, I, but I'm still looking.
0: <laughs> when you find it, send it to me, please. Oh, I definitely will. I for my own life. You know, a lot of moms uh, struggle with mother's guilt, you know, when it comes to raising a child, and uh, I think fathers struggle with that, too. Is that that's something you've seen in your life?
1: Uh, yes. As a parent, you want your children to strive. You want them to achieve all of their dreams, aspirations. Um, especially when they're younger, they are very reliant and dependent on on you, and of course, you want the best for them. Uh, throughout my experience, is I always want to intervene. You know, if it's crawling, teaching them the right position. If it's standing, how to stand. But sometimes you have to take a step back, and I think that's where the guilt comes in into play, is because I want to intervene to make sure they don't get hurt or they don't bump their head or or that they're doing it the right way. Well, me being a new parent, there is no right way. And the best thing to do is to let them learn on their own by bumping their head, falling, scraping their knees, and so forth. Uh, so for me, yes, I experience that on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, it's learning to trust God with that, right? Uh, that, that, uh, that as well, as you. Yeah, uh, is, as she
1: is a gift of God. So knowing that, the struggles that children have to go through is is just one of those growing pains and keeping faith.
0: Yeah, so good. I'm just it's so good cuz you're through your journey your daughter's going to watch your faith, your walk, your trust in God. And you're modeling that, and so awesome.
1: Yes, and we have uh, plenty of videos of uh, that Christmas service to, to <laughs> show her that she's been instilled with it since uh, day, from, from day one, and, and to keep yeah. that, that pattern going. Uh, so, so if you might be, what happened that Christmas?
0: Baby Jesus vomited. And so... Uh, <laughs> whenever we held her up to show everybody, uh, uh, okay. uh, yes,
1: she, she spit out. Uh, it's awesome.
0: Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you, and let's give a hand... He's great, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. And uh, great group of guys. And like I said, there's so many. If you're a man in this church, you can go ahead and be seated. If you're a man in this church and you are not connected, simply meaning you, you don't have guys in your life, there are so many great men at Mountain Park Church that would love to do life with you. And so uh, make sure that you get the opportunities there. These guys are around you. Uh, connect with them. We're going to get ready to close in a worship song this morning, and uh, it's such a special song that DeAndra and the team have put together, but this morning as I was doing my journal, my devotional time early this morning, I was, I was just thanking God for, for my dad. I was thanking God that I get to be a dad uh, of the most incredible five-year-old daughter, Shea Bird. Uh, Shay's the name I call her, Shea Bird, and I was just thanking the Lord, and, and then I stopped in my journal, and I said, you know, God— Happy Father's Day. Sometimes we forget that there is no father like our heavenly father. In fact, Scripture teaches that, uh, Paul writes, that we can call him Abba Father. The word Abba, if you study the Greek, means daddy. You know, God, the heavenly father, is not a man sitting with a, with a stick that's ready to beat you on a throne. You know, he's a daddy. I don't believe any dad can come close to him. In fact, the Bible says that he loved us so much he gave his one and only son that he could restore through Jesus Christ, he could restore us to that relationship. The scripture says the veil was torn top to bottom, symbolic of God removing everything out of the way that we could run to him. And all it really takes is us just saying, I need you, Father God, in my life. We were never created to do life apart from him. And so every day is happy Father's Day because where would I be without you in my life? I don't know the season you're in today or where you're at in your life journey. I know for some today, you lost a father recently. For some of you, you grew up without a dad. For some of you dads today, maybe you're separated from your kids and, or maybe you don't have kids. I, I don't know your story, but I wanna encourage you today that there is a heavenly Father who knows you, who loves you, and who cares about every part of your life. And if you've never invited him into your life, maybe today's the day where you simply say, Jesus, thank you today for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you today that as these guys have shared, none of them are perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I can come as I am to you. And you're the one that just like you transformed their lives, you can transform my life too. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this great day. We thank you that we got to honor Three great men, and to honor every man here. And you're the story of just men whose lives you've transformed. God, you're a good God. You're a faithful God. And I thank you no matter where we are, if we call on your name, the Bible says you're quick to answer. We love you. God, bless each man, bless each dad, each spiritual father. God, each man in this house, would you bless them and raise them up to be the man you've called them to be, the dad you've called them to be? The spiritual Father, you called them to be. We pray this all now in your name, Jesus. We love you. Amen. While we stand.